Free Jambalaya presents Phantom Limb, Season 2, Horror Stories and Strange Fiction for a Maladapted Species. Episode 4, Birthday Girl. It was breakfast time, and it was Tina's birthday. Cheerios and orange juice, and a lot to look forward to. So, how's my great big five-year-old? I'm six, Mommy. What do you mean? I don't know. How old are you, Tina? Five. Then why did you say you were six? I was just playing. My sweet little girl. I'd better go. It's almost 8.30. You be good. I'll see you at lunch. Tina kissed Mommy's wrinkled face and watched her go out. But Tina remembered her fifth birthday. There had been little plastic princesses on the cake. She and Mommy had their birthday supper in the kitchen. In shows Tina watched, there were lots of people at birthday parties. Mommy said that was just shows. In real life, children didn't meet other people, and they definitely did not go outside. Tina sometimes had nightmares about the world outside with a horrible monster that ate little girls waiting outside the door. When she told Mommy, Mommy said, Oh, honey, there's no such thing as monsters. But there is a disease that mostly kills little children. I don't know what I'd do if I lost you. You have to stay inside where it's safe. Mommy would know. She worked at a place where they studied what made people sick. What made children grow up healthy. Treatments for old people who forget things. But especially, how to make the world safe for little kids like Tina. If we ever make a treatment, you'll be the first to get it once it's safe. I can bring it straight home. But despite Mommy's warnings, when Tina thought about outside, she didn't think about coughing or throwing up. She pictured a monster, like in her dreams. Big, hairy, toothy and drooling when it saw her. Or maybe a gigantic bug on long legs that could skitter faster than Tina could run, chasing her down and looking at her with too many eyes like spiders on a nature special before it grabbed her with its jaws. Looking out through the peephole in the front door, she could only ever see a hallway and a door across. A monster might live behind that door, just waiting for a child to come by. Or a sick person who would breathe on her and she would die. Whatever the true nature of the danger was, Tina did not want to go outside. But she did want those princess figurines from that birthday cake. After she took them off the cake last year, she played with them. And then she hid them all over the house so they could be like the borrowers in that book Mommy read to her. Tina loved that book. They should still be where she hid them.
I know where he put them. Most of them, anyway. Snow White went into the place where Mommy has pants she doesn't wear. Skinny pants. And they are skinny. I put Cinderella in the pantry behind the soup cans. There. Oh, I know I put her there. Maybe Mommy cleaned it up. I can't find Snow White either. Rapunzel is in the closet with my princess shoes. I know she was there. Where is she? Did she just imagine them? She had plenty of time for the search. She decided to look everywhere, at least until she found something else she wanted to play with more. She looked all over the house, except one place. She wasn't supposed to go to the shelf in the hall closet. Because Mommy used it for bad things like bug spray that Tina knew she mustn't touch. So, she shrugged and watched cartoons. She saw one about a cat that fought crime. The bad guys were always scary monsters, but the cat was brave. So was Tina. The door to the hall closet was locked. Mommy had spare keys in her own closet. Even grown-ups lose things. I really shouldn't be in here. It'll be okay. I'm a brave girl. Oh. Behind the bug spray, behind the roach hotels, the can of Ajax, There were little bottles with rubber tops, labeled with big words she couldn't read yet. She didn't like the way they looked, though she couldn't remember why. She liked, even less, the paper-wrapped syringe behind them. There was also a little plastic princess from last year's birthday, barely visible in a crack between shelf and wall. It was Sleeping Beauty. Tina didn't just remember the figurine, she remembered the bottles. She'd had shots. She knew. She remembered how terrified she'd been. There might be monsters outside, but inside, that needle was here. It looked evil, like it wanted to hurt her. Again. Clutching both the princess figurine and those same keys, Tina ran to the front door. Through the peephole, it was still just hallway and the door opposite. Tina opened the front door for the first time ever, slowly. Then it was wide open. There was the door opposite. It looked straight not curved like it always had before through the peephole. Weird, but not Tina's main interest. Which was the door staying shut. It did. She walked out, ready to dash back in if it moved. To her right and her left, there were more doors. Nothing was moving. Tina didn't move either. To the right, further away than Tina had ever walked, There was a corner. 
Anything could be waiting around that corner. On the other hand, if she didn't do something, Mommy might come home and see her outside the door. Then she'd be in for it. Nothing bad had happened yet. Mommy said bug monsters weren't real. She made herself go past another pair of doors, one on the right and one on the left. They had peepholes too. Anything might be watching her. Or maybe they were empty, like her own home was right now. Or maybe they had little kids in them she'd never seen. She went further. And further. Around the bend in the hallway, another row of doors. She heard a noise. In the silence of the hallway, it terrified her. But she recognized it from shows. It was an elevator. And way down that row of doors, something was coming out. The first part of the figure she saw was Mommy's purse. Tina dashed back home. She slipped inside and closed the door gently, with almost no noise. She took the keys out and restored them to their former place. Then, she closed the closet door, went back to the playroom, and pretended to play with her dolls. When Mommy went back to work after lunch, then she could do more. If she dared. Tina, I'm home! Tina! Hi, Mommy. I'm here. Tina, come here. Tina! Tina, come here this instant. Tina came. Everything should be fine. She hadn't taken anything but the princess, Sleeping Beauty, now in her back pocket. And surely Mommy hadn't noticed that. But Mommies know everything. Not just on shows. I told you not to go in the closet. There's a reason I keep these things locked away. They're dangerous. I'm sorry. Don't be mad. I didn't touch anything. The bottles have been moved. I'm sorry. How old are you, Tina? Tina couldn't lie anymore. I'm six, I think. How old am I really? Thirty-four. Thirty-four? How... How could I be 34? I... I know what I've done is terrible. I... Your daddy left me. My, my own mother left me when I was a little girl. I just needed someone to love. For always. Tina knew she should say, It's okay, Mommy. But it wasn't okay. She remembered more now. She remembered the injections, and how confused she felt afterward. She remembered being in the same apartment, year after year, playing with an endless succession of dolls and toys, so that the memory of it sickened her. Watching kids in shows play with friends, and hoping one day, she could do the same. You're already at the maximum dosage, but you need more. No. Mommy... Mommy, please, please don't. Hold out your arm. No, no, Mommy. 
Hold still, damn you. Mommy, mommy. I hate you. I hate you. That evening, they had a party. Tina woke up groggy from an afternoon nap. Mommy had spent the afternoon making a cake. It was shaped like a dragon. Tina liked dragons. It's so cool, Mommy. I really like the eyes. They're sparkly. You deserve it. You're such a special little girl. Mommy? Mommy, why are you sad? Nothing. Nothing. I'm not sad. So, it's your birthday, honey. Do you want your present now? Well, yes, but I want you to have a present too, so you won't be sad. Oh, you're so sweet. But I already have the best present. You. Birthday Girl was written by William Saxton. And voice acting by Cheryl Fair, Matt Tracy, and Ariadne Mayberry. With music, sound design, and editing by Ben Patterson and Matt Tracy. Thanks for listening to Phantom Limb. We release new episodes on the last day of every month. If you like what you hear... Please leave us a rating or review, and consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash phantomlimb. For just five bucks, you get access to bonus content like author interviews, soundtracks, behind-the-scenes photos, and more. And you help us pay the fine folks who donate their time and talent to this project. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to join us next month.